What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Dogbot. What's up? Not much. Uh, I got a couple micro wolves in town right now and uh, training them to, you know, tear apart beasts. And <laughs> it's uh, it, it's taken some time because they're they're kind of small. Well, miniature cryptids. Miniature cryptids are cool. Actually, we should talk about that later. Joining us also from the top of Ape Mountain. What's up, Reinhardt? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, <sighs> you know what? I have nothing to say. All right. Currently, I am I am nice and content for the first time in a couple of months. Uh, all right. Well, that's something. You said something. Also, joining us in the corner, taking notes, Jack the Intern. What's up? I'm in the woods right now, hot on the trail of a Bigfoot. I'm just taking a break. Figured I'd hop up on the recording. Nice. Are you? You guys, you doing the, the Bigfoot thing? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nobody told you you could have the night off. So, like... I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why he's here. Well, he's not. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He doesn't have the night off. He's, yeah. he's okay. He's good. He was busy doing other stuff, you know? He's good. He's good. But he's, but he's here. He's here. He he's good. Be here. All right. It's, all right, it's all right. not wow. like Brad bullying. No. no, it's not the same. It's not the same. It, it doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't. It doesn't. All right. So we are all here. Uh, nobody's still gotten their shot. Nobody's getting this shot. Uh, you guys do any, do you guys do any magnet testing? Like we talked about, anybody test no, anybody but, the magnets? No, but a, a relative of mine uh, is trying to convince me to take my mother to go get the shot, and I'm f- I'm furious about it. Yeah, yeah. I sent them. A, I spammed the shit out of their text messages with a bunch of stuff today. <laughs> I said, I said, I, I said, if she has to wear a mask everywhere she goes, where she's going, then I will I will accept that. Unfortunately over her getting this fucking jab. I do not want my mom getting this thing. Nice. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the we all kind of have to say the same thing. I mean, <laughs> we have to take small victories, don't we? Right. Yeah. She won't wear the mask anyway. She's a cantankerous old bird. God bless <laughs> her. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom only wore a mask when she flew up here uh, when she came to visit last, because you have to on the airplane. Other than that, she's she doesn't wear a mask. She doesn't get a shot. She laughs at people that have masks on outside. So my mom's a cantankerous old bird as well. But um, yeah, I you know she does the absolutely when you have to kind of a thing, like I did. There's times when you absolutely yeah. have to. Like if you're in the hospital, and they're like, "Well, you know, we're not going to do the surgery if you don't put the mask on," and you actually oh, need yes. the surgery. Just put the mask on. Like, that's, you know, there's a time to take a stand. There's a time, like, when your kid's arm is broken and they're not going to let you in the hospital. Like, put the mask on. You know. I took I took my mom to get a checkup, uh, a scheduled checkup or whatever, and she didn't want to put one on when we were being screened to go in. Now, this was, like, nine months ago. Mm-hmm. I think this was, like, when we were about to do the freaking Connor McDarry episode. And, oh, my. Like, and it was hilarious because she, she was like, you know these fucking things don't work. And I was like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, hide your hide your power levels. Just <laughs> get your you gotta get your checkup. Fucking hide the right. power level. Right. Like turn the power level down to fucking ninety five. They're gonna from- give you something <laughs> that you don't want. Knock it off. Right. Oh yeah. 
they i mean uh, two months ago they wouldn't take me in if my son and my mom or my wife weren't wearing a mask yeah it was ridiculous um, this it's uh i had to go i had to go to the to the hospital the other day for uh something that's not all that important but um there was a woman there who didn't have her own mask and the woman behind the desk at the hospital didn't have a mask for her i'm like you guys are a hospital what do you mean you don't have a mask <laughs> Like, I'm just surprised. Like Target the across the street. Target across the street has five boxes of masks. If you're going to force somebody to wear one, you better have one for them. You know? I'm just surprised that the medical professionals where Reinhardt was getting looked at didn't understand that a festering ape wound was not going to give them COVID. Well. Yeah, I had that thought as well. <laughs> like, I got, you realize I got, this is a festering ape wound. wound. Well, I'd rather have a festering ape wound than a festering axe wound, so... Wait, so you're admitting that you have a festering axe wound? Do, do your ears not work at all? I'd rather have a festering ape wound than a festering axe wound. Oh. Uh, yes. Wait, no, my saying, ears aren't you're, working. You're saying you have a special set of tweezers for pulling out pinworms from an axe wound? <laughs> what? A, you got. <laughs> all right, no. You guys are both retarded, and we're not doing this. <laughs> this part where you pretend that I said something I didn't say? Yeah. No, no, like I. No, that's save that for the Jack. comment section, okay? I just imagine Jack with a giant Biore strip, you know, like they do for bl- for blackheads on someone's nose, and he pulls it back, and it's just covered with pinworms. Well, suddenly I don't want to do the show anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's you know what else? Speaking of things coming out of places, uh, it's cicada season. You guys get cicadas where you're at? It's the brood nope. X. No, yes. no, you, you I do. love cicadas. Uh, where we're at, it is a very creepy sort of a thing because it's 24 hours a day. We're in one of the epicenters and in the Appalachians. And what's, it's really it's, it's really weird because like everywhere on the ground, there's these holes, right? Where these, these you know, where it was nothing the other day. Now there's just a bunch of holes. And then there's, you know, the exoskeletons everywhere. And my chickens and ducks and stuff are, are gaining gaining like a pound a day eating the cicadas because they're fucking everywhere. They're literally everywhere. It is kind of creepy, and I can see why people that have like, you know, bug phobias would be afraid of cicadas. They're big. They make a lot of noise. They're flappy. They're very clumsy. They'll fly into you. Um, But have you seen like the gay uh, yard working outfits that people have come up with for these things? Yeah, I thought I like when I first saw it, I thought it was a COVID thing. No, it's a cicada yeah, thing. We, yeah. It, it, I know. Like, uh, like they don't attack you. Like they don't do anything to you. No, they just land on your trees and your porch and everything else. Right. They, yeah. they die. They, they shed their skins. Right. They don't mess with humans or anything. No, you I pick mean, them up. They like pee all over the place. So. So. That's yeah, like, kind of like, gross. But how's that? How's that outfit going to help you when you're mowing your lawn? Boomer? Well, when you stir them up, you know they won't fly all over you. That's the whole point of the outfit. But. The, but they're not going to. Right, dude, they don't do that. Dude, have you met place. people? Have you have you met people? Yeah. Oh, I dude. Okay. If 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 I have rolled down my window and and harassed people for wearing masks outside, I am going to pull over the car and talk to a boomer on camera and try to ask him why the fuck are you wearing that stupid thing? I I, I will right. I will get. I will, I will get an interview out of it. Well, I mean, to be fair, some people are, have bug phobias and, you know, whatever. And 
it's fright. They're frightening. They are large and it's frightening. I For, don't have a problem I, with them. I, I, it doesn't I'm bother also me. Also aware but, but, there are homosexuals amongst us. Right, right. I'm, I yes, I too am aware of the homosexual population of the United States. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have a ton of cicadas, and it's really kind of an eerie sound. What's happening all the time? It sounds like uh, um, I don't know. It's like a sci-fi sort of like a high-pitched, staticky howling, and it's all the time. So it sounds like you're kind of in like a 70s sci-fi movie that might have been a mystery science theater at one point. <laughs> I, I, that's a weird characterization. I, they don't sound like that out here. No, you I, get I the just... right? Like that? D- do it again. No. <laughs> I mean, they sound like that, but well, sure, 70s mystery science theater, I... I... I no, mean, where we're at, well, maybe it's just the maybe it's just the topography around here with like because we're in a holler and there's mountains and rocks and stuff, and yeah, it's all all the sound is coming into a bowl, right? Probably. So maybe it's that, but there are literally billions of these cicadas here. There's a spot. There's a spot where uh, where it used to be um, a barn and. In the center of the barn, it's like, you know, it's all like dirt and then the grass has grown back. That whole area, it has, I don't know, probably 200,000 pinky-sized holes. And every single one of those was a cicada. These things have been underground for 17 years. They pop up out of the ground to make a whole bunch of noise, have sex, and die. 17 years. And what do they live? Sounds like the life. Yeah, well, Jack, I know, seriously, can you imagine just chilling for 17 years, busting a nut, and then dying? Like, that's the perfect life. (laughs) Well, at least he got to. Right. Well, that's the thing is, well, a lot of them don't because they get stuck in their exoskeleton and Uh, die before they get out. Coomer bugs. Yeah, coomer bugs. Literally, well, all bugs are... Dude, well, that's the thing. All the beautiful sounds that you hear in the woods when you're hiking or in in the forest or whatever, every single one of those is is, uh, uh, an animal trying to get laid. Every single one of them. So... Rob Zombie had one good album. It was called Educated Horses, and it was supposed to be like a 70s sounding rock album. And there was a song on there called 17 Year Locust, and it was really good. I have a hard time believing that Rob Zombie had a good album, but. It was a good album. It was pretty catchy. I mean, catchy, it like yeah. Catchy, it was like a catchy rock album. All of his stuff was supposed to be catchy. That was the point of his stuff. You know, I thought it was funny. I saw him live once, and he was out of breath the whole concert. Yeah, no, he no. It's all it's all lip synced. Yeah, well, no, he was actually wasn't. This is pre lip syncing when he was still with White Zombie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Where they still had to do. Yeah, he still had to try to fake it. You know. Well, that's the thing about live music. Tiny man. Well, have you noticed that live music? um, You know, more people are like, "Oh, it was a phenomenal show. They sounded just like the album. Like that's." You know, the, I guess the benchmark is the album, but don't you want to hear live? Like, don't you want it to be better than the album, right? Uh, well, but most, I, I know, I most know bands can't. Five. Most bands can't and don't. Yeah, I, as good as I, know, I know the guitarist John Five is live. Like, he is he is hooked up live. Like, and but I'm not sure if the other stuff is. Oh, John Five is a phenomenal guitar player. That's a whole different story. I forgot he was in the band now. Yeah. 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 That's different. He was on that album. Uh, but anyway, okay. Gen no. X posting here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got content. We do. Cicadas, really. 
yeah, sci-fi sounding noise outside of my house. It's just like, it's just like constantly just like a it was weird sort of tunnely metallic sound, like a, like a 70s sci-fi sound effect or something. Anyways, we have, oh, I stopped at the mailbox, picked up the mail. We got a letter. We got two more books. We got a novel called The Alchemist. And we got a book called The World's Last Mysteries. It's an old Reader's Digest book. And it's got, it's a hardcover. Uh, on the cover, it's got like the Mayan calendar. It's in great shape. Uh, the book is from like the 70s, I want to say. But like it opens up and let me just open it here. Okay, so uh, The Legend of Me- uh, Menelik, Son of Solomon and Sheba. There you go. I opened right up to that. What do you think of that, Ryan? Nice. Yeah. Um, gods Sounds from awesome. an unknown world. Is that the Reader's Digest that the uh, Laguna Brothers read to, to be inspired to go buy up that island in Nova Scotia for the look called Oak Island? Oof. Is that a television reference? Boomer yeah, the Island. Curse of Oak Island. They talk like they talk about their inspiration as kids to oh, okay. want to explore Oak Island was a Reader's Digest. It okay. had like a full map and everything. It might. I mean, one of the story that got them interested might be in this. This is uh, a compilation of stuff that would have been in you know different issues of Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest is another one of those um, edutational edutainment. Edutainment? That's a word. Now it is, anyways. Um, it's educational and entertainment at the same time, but uh, but it wasn't supposed to be educational, but this was like a narrative-building thing. Um, Reader's Digest. My grandparents always had a Reader's Digest. I used to read like the funny stories and the little science stuff and the dinosaur stuff and whatever, but yeah. So this is a whole bunch of Reader's Digest-type stuff, but it's all par- it's like it- Paranormies content. All of it. Literally is. So nice. Yeah. I don't know how yeah, we're going to share this had, book. My grandma had stacks of reader's digest. And, uh, at one point, uh, when her vision was failing, I would read them to her nice. and I was happy that it's pretty big print, man. Nice. Well, it was like a section when the Sahara was green, like all the stuff in Africa before the desert and all that. Uh, I mean, reader's digest, like this stuff is definitely telling a narrative, you know, Oh, the Scythians, fierce horsemen of the steppes. <laughs> Yeah, if it's talking about when the Sahara was green, it's probably trying to cover up the, uh, the Eye of Africa narrative. Right. Uh, when that Zimbabwe. Was, you know, populated and totally full of civilization. Uh, one George Anthony that we're friends with uh, believes that was actually Atlantis. Dude, I like, I like- dude, this is from when this book was printed, or this article anyways, was printed from before Zimbabwe was a country. That's cool. So this is Zimbabwe, Africa's lost civilization. A long abandoned city of stone sands, ruined and mysterious above the bush country of southern Rhodesia. It seems hauntingly out of place in a landscape whose only other native architecture is a simple, timeless mud hut. European travelers who gazed at the the impressive ruins of Zimbabwe a century ago thought they had discovered at last the legendary mines of King Solomon. But they were looking at what was probably the religious citadel of a powerful forgotten black empire that is the description underneath the title of this article interesting yeah reader's digest isn't like you know part of the narrative building con the uh narrative the narrative and information complex 
industrial complex. There was that old Hakan tweet or Hakan. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but mm. it was. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said the Sahara Desert was created as a natural barrier to keep the Bantu uh, away from the rest of the world, and we violated that by colonizing Africa and giving them access to the rest of the world. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder what he meant by that. I wonder I mean, if he meant that seriously. It, <laughs> it, just a shit post, bro. I don't know. That's a pretty cool concept that some ancient civilization had the power to just create. Like, we can't get rid of all the Bantu, so let's just create the Sahara Desert as a barrier, and that should that should keep them from filtering up north. I mean, let's just make a desert. I, it's a nice. I mean, that's a, a nice folklorish cover for, you know, artificially creating a desert. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into uh, well. We you know there's a letter and we got we, oh we got a ten dollar donation and uh, a tape, a cassette tape and a CD for the computer. This is Roswell the original. It's like uh, the original story of, of Roswell, New Mexico, and the land, 1947 stuff. It's a CD for the computer. I don't think I have a computer that plays that. I'll see what I can do. A little note along with that. Some stickers. Uh, and yeah, the tape, the tape is, uh, Manila road out of the abyss and Manila road. It's all the letters are in a Hebrew style. So it's pretty funny. Nice. But it's Leviathan records. So it's probably what's really the letter. Cool. What does the letter say? The letter is, you know, I'll read the letter real quick. Okay. The letter, all things must pass. No one knows their end. Your show was found about two months ago and listened to it in the background whilst doing whatever. The trans one was a good resource one. Some of the ones, the title seems not interesting, but we'll probably get to them. No, you guys are not schizos or not informed. Yes, this started with something with an agenda, one end game to reach. Call him or what it is, what you want. My money is on darkness, hopeless feeling, having brought forth by this say thing. I don't know what that word. Well, hope you continue your shows and your facts and feelings are spot on. You're right about so much. I would love to hang out with any one of you. We're watching and acting in, I'll say, something like a play with consequences. You guys stay strong. V. Right on, V. Thanks, bro. I'm a little confused about some of the syntax there, but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I understood most of that. What about you, Reinhardt? Well, thank you. I mean... I I wasn't thinking syntax. I mean, we've got listeners from other countries, so if oh, you are from right. another country, then thank you. Um, we got we got uh, we got fans in Nigeria and uh, Norway, right? Like, what? I keep forgetting some of the countries. Are we insulting Norway and the rest of Scandinavia as far as their syntax goes? Listen, the Norwegians I'm, and their Nor's, no, oh, those are the Eskimos. Never mind. I was going to say something bad about the Norwegians, but no, I take that back. They're cool. It was the Eskimos I was going to say. They can, you know, fuck right off. Ryan, Reinhardt is the pronunciation expert of the program. Right. As proclaimed by him. Self-proclaimed pronunciation expert, Reinhardt von Krieger. All I said was I could pronounce something better than Johnny, who pronounces things wrong on purpose. So... <laughs> I, I, that's, what? That's his claim to fame. I uh, what? I I mispronounce things on purpose. You're that. I don't do that. 
What's wrong with you? No, you're saying that's never happened. Why would you tell people that? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. We're getting into the 30 minute mark. No, I'm just kidding. It's not even 20 minutes yet. Uh, we're done shit posting. No, we had, we had some stuff. We had some stuff. We had some, you know, some uh, mail. I don't know what to call it. We, do, guys... we, don't ha- we don't have 18 more minutes of shit posting to make it a solid 38 minutes. I mean, we could. We could. <laughs> Can we make we it 33? Whoa. No, this isn't a uh, alt skull VM. Well, speaking of 33, uh, no, you know what? Let's get into the content because we'll do this. We'll do that stuff on on the Nationalist Inquirer. Uh, I wanted to do, talk about the comparison of the different military recruitment videos. But yeah, we'll do that on Tuesday. I mean, we we can comment on it if you want to. Yeah, the American one is absolutely gay. The Russian one is really cool. And the Chinese one has all kinds of occult symbolism in it. So basically, America is super gay. Yeah. And so everyone ba- else is super, super occult and super militant. <laughs> That's basically the short version of it. Yeah. The Russian one, it's like a whole bunch of super fit white dudes, like working out and jumping over things in the mud and shooting stuff. Uh, the Chinese one is a lot of war scenes, a lot of blowing shit up, a lot of tanks, um, a lot of shooting, but a lot of 666 and 33 and that kind of stuff. Um the American one is the story of a girl who joins the army after her two lesbian moms were so strong. Yeah. She joined the army. Yeah. Like, I don't. Why? I don't know. Right on, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the commercial is extra gay. But yeah, the Chinese one, which I thought was interesting. I I saw at least two thirty threes and a very long six 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 throughout, like right in the center of the commercial. And then America, you have, it begins in California. Right. And we're all like, oh my God. Right. And it's that gay uh, cartoon style too. It's very popular now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then, like uh, human, humans of flat design? No, it's not humans of flat design. It's You would recognize Coward. it. Watch the commercial Coward. and you'd be like, oh, okay, I recognize that. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. <laughs> yep. Fucking Chinese. No, but the Chinese one is like really, you know, like military movie style. You know, a lot like a lot of Michael Bay. Oh, no. Okay. The American one you're talking about is totally CalArts, uh, awful, awful, awful style. I wouldn't say CalArts, but you have to see it. It, It's a specific. It's the kind of animation you would see in a pharmaceutical commercial. Probably. Yes. 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 Uh, Did you guys see the. Is the Israeli nationalist Zionist uh, computer animated DreamWorks uh, propaganda that that I that I put in the chat today? Um, I okay, don't know. So it has it has a rock monster, and there's a giant rock on the yes. top of the mountain. And I did, uh, I did see that. And so he he jumps over. Uh, the the rock has the rock has uh, I guess the. Uh, the Hamas symbol or something on the side, something Arabic or Muslim on the side. And the rock monster is, has got the, uh, the star, you know, the fucking Israeli star or whatever on it. And so he stops the rock before, before it completely rolls down the hill and, uh, almost hits this castle. And so the castle decides to start shooting at the rock monster which is Israel. And the castle is supposed to represent Europe. 
and the rock monster gets annoyed, so he hops over the rock and lets the rock uh, roll over yeah. the castle into the sea. So basically flattening Europe because it was annoyed that, yeah. Yeah, that's one, well, that's one um, adaptation of that video. I've seen that video several times. They've used different things besides Israel and Palestine and Europe. But yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty funny that, that it works like that. Yeah, dream, like it, it was something out of a bad DreamWorks Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a computer animated CGI thing. The rock monster, really, like, it's, yeah, it's a brilliant agitprop, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, oh wow, we we should support Israel. They're they're the only ones stopping the giant rolling boulder of Muslim from flattening us. We right. shouldn't we shouldn't be we shouldn't be uh, throwing rocks at them or whatever, or you know, complaining, right? But then anybody who has a set of eyes that looks at Europe is like, wait a minute, that rock's already been here. You shouldn't be throwing rocks at them because, you know, Iron Dome. So let's let American-made missiles just, you know, let those come on over. Oh, you know what I like, dude? I like how you can go for like 30 days of attacking and bombing and blowing up like women and children in schools and buildings and shit. And then when you stop, you're the hero. Right. And then you say, Well no, we're 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 done with this now. Yeah, yeah. After you know forty five days. Well, you know, Biden signed that check and all of a sudden the bombing stopped. Weird. Arbiter of peace. Mm. It only costs seven hundred and thirty nine million dollars. Which money's fake, so like whatever. But anyway. Is there a six in there somewhere? Uh seven hundred and thirty nine. I don't know. But uh new Biden Nine dropped yesterday. Three. You guys saw that, right? <laughs> What's that? New Biden dropped. Yeah, we got a new Biden. Yep. That is the definitely a Biden. different animatronic thing. This guy honestly looks like a prototype for the Disney Hall of Presidents. Absolutely. A terrible prototype. Yeah, that, I mean, it definitely looks fake. That footage of him not driving the truck but there's like a secret service member's arm that's actually on the steering wheel instead of his arm. No, there's like it, two wheels. There's two steering wheels. It's oh, a, there's two steering wheels? Yes. Oh, okay. It's a I, test. I had troubles making it out. It's a test it, vehicle. It just, so I was wrong, and I, I saw a different video from a different angle where I couldn't see his face. When I saw the actual video, uh, the short clip I saw wasn't the full video. Yeah, it was one of those that, test vehicles, and the supposed engineer's side but there was no engineer in the truck. It was all Secret Service guys. Now, this was definitely uh, Marge and Maggie Simpson from the credits of The Simpsons. You know, we're like, she's driving and beeps the horn and Maggie, and Maggie does the same thing. The grip on that steering wheel reminded me of that meme that has the uh, the bodybuilder with the, the veins. <laughs> the huge arm. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. Like the guy who can't keep it in any longer. Oh, they got yeah, he's holding it, the holding it guy. Yeah. Oh, like haven't told Jack. anybody in five seconds. Yeah, all those. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on anymore, dude. You know, what I do know what's going on though. I know that they're not just putting chemicals in the water that turn the frogs gay. They're putting stuff in the water that changes your DNA completely, and they're putting it in everything, and they're changing people around 
into things that they're not, which is um, what we call transhumanism. Nice to see you. Yeah. One aspect of transhumanism anyways. Uh, we Yes, we actually have content, and we're going to talk about uh, transhumanism. We're going to start a little series, another series. I know you all love that. When we start a series and never get around to finishing them. No, we're going to finish this one. But, Reinhardt, you want to tell us a little bit about transhumanism? Sure. Um, transhumanism is this supposedly benevolent idea that humanity is meant to fix ourselves. That, And, and we'll get to religious and Christian ideas of transhumanism later. But that we, apart from any sort of deity, are supposed to ascend ourselves through the use of uh, biology and mechanics to this higher existence that many transhumanists have called homo deus or god-man. Um, that we're supposed to extend our lives beyond their natural uh, expiration date, you know, become immortal, become superhuman um, and that is the the next generation of humankind. It sounds to me pretty insane, but well, I mean, what do you guys think? It does. No, it does. It does sound insane uh, because it is absolutely not human. It's just not a uh, a thing that you know you think about as humans. Like you know, we've quote evolved. If you believe in evolution. Well, technically, wouldn't evolution be technically transhuman? Not quite. No, I mean, like, I think so. Um, evolving if, from. If, if, do you want to talk about that now, or or do you want to get into that in a bit in a minute? Well, there's one thing I wanted to ask real quick, if you don't mind, Reinhardt. Sure. Uh, so, transhumanism isn't just like billionaire guys who want to upload their brains to a computer. And like cybernetic, like like cyborg limbs and stuff like that. Well, that's part of it. I mean, that's part of it. But the big thing about transhumanism is everyone uploading their brains to an AI computer, and that's called the the technological singularity. Um, but it's it's everyone doing it. That's what transhumanism is about: is becoming something more as a species. So it's not just Elon Musk giving you the chip. It's everyone taking the Elon Hold Musk on, who? chip. Oh, sorry, sorry, lone scum. Thank you. Uh. Um, but oh, speaking of speaking of which, yes, real quick, uh, lone scum, yes, uh, had nothing to do with Bitcoin tanking whatsoever. If anybody, Mario, yeah, anybody believes that Elon Musk doesn't have anything to do. With the price of crypto, you 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 got the wrong idea. And, and the person that tried that, well, actually, me on that that uh, Elon Musk is just a puppet. Yeah, well, no shit. When Elon Musk says something, millions and millions and millions of people do it. Nothing triggers you like this guy. It just, dude, the guy. It's not even a guy. It's a woman. You Nothing know, it's a triggers tri you like this thing. <sighs> this thing, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's caused lone scum. It's caused so many like I don't know. We have like our guys that are that are like fanboys of of him, and then the manipulation of the crypto. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Bobby 
got into it with him. Uh, Robert Sefford told him, though, you know, like, why don't you shut the fuck up about crypto and uh, mind South Africa for a little while? Isn't that where you're from? And that's the thing with some of our guys and their worship of him is simply for the fact that he comes from South Africa. Like, that's like, like, oh, he's my favorite African-American. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, that's like, you know, what is it? The first heart transplant was transplanted by an African-American in South Africa by a white South African. I'm so funny. Yeah, it's such an yeah, edgy joke. Hold on to those ideals. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but the thing is, is yeah. So Elon Musk is from South Africa and South Africans are getting murdered in mass. Uh, what are you doing about it, Elon? Other than trying to make yourself richer with fake money. But yeah, he he manipulated, you know, the Dogecoin thing. He manipulated the thing. He he bought a bunch of Bitcoin and everybody's like, oh my God, we should buy Bitcoin. And Bitcoin went way up. And he made a bunch of money. And then he said that Tesla wasn't taking Bitcoin anymore. And then everybody dumped their Bitcoin and Bitcoin dropped. And if people don't think that Elon Musk had anything to do with that, then I, you know, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. So, all right. I think Skull said it best when he was like, this faggot lost me so much fake money. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah, stopped looking. Much. I stopped looking at the Coinbase app and the other apps and just like, fuck it. It'll, it'll be there or it won't. Who cares? Bottle caps, man. Right. Exactly. Comic books are only worth what a collector is going to pay for them. Thank you. So. Yeah, I found that out the hard way. Yeah, same. All right. So transhumanism. Um, so human. All right. Real quick. Let's. What does it mean to be a human? Right. Let's define what a human is. Uh, if your DNA is consistent with Homo sapiens, you are a human, right? That's that's what human is. Yeah, I would say that that's what it means to be. Um, personally, with my view, I, I would say that's what it means to be an Adamic human, a son of Adam, in kind of the the Chronicles of Narnia lingua lingo there. Hmm. Um, I mean, to whom the world is promised. You know that's that's where salvation is given, <clears throat> um, but that yeah that's that's what it means to be human. And Robert Sepper actually agrees, uh, humans are Homo sapiens. Um, right. Anybody who has a different sort of of hominid origin is not technically human. We go back to you know saying the N word scientifically. <laughs> Oh no, you're right, dude. Totally. Uh, I huh, because my they're for homo a second. habilis. I was to laugh. Oh, yes. Homo habilis, right? They have right, archaic. Just... They have archaic. They have archaic hominid DNA that uh, the DNA specialists have refused to truly announce what it is. Yeah, that's a, that's such a large portion of their DNA. Yeah, and and it's not it's it's not congruent with ours. We're we're from, uh, but hold on. Let me stop. We intend to do another NQ episode because, right, Johnny? Because, like, it seems like a lot of people are not really getting it that we're not from Neanderthal. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that like to argue that, you know, that because they are super white, very white, you know, blonde, blue, super white, you know, burn if you just go by a window and it's sunny outside your skin just burns right because you're so just so nordic white um yes that your neanderthal dna is so high 
that you're you're definitely Neanderthal. No, that's not true. It's not how it works. That is not how it works. Um, your real is not connected to your Neanderthal DNA. Yeah, stop it with that. And you know, like Bobby, like you cannot walk. It's kind of like it's kind of like that old. You know, you can't be a Nazi and a Freemason, according to the official narrative, anyway. But um. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that's well, true. Why not both? Ah, yeah, but I mean, oh, no, Miguel Serrano wrote it in all his books. Like, you know, so at least the maestro believes this anyway. Uh, so along with that, you know, you can't do both, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Well, we've, and we've already done our, our N-word episodes <clears throat> so far. And yeah, we, we probably will have more. Uh, we've already done our stuff with uh, God Ancient Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Talking about the human origins, um, you know, whether whether you're a Christian or not, talking about Cro-Magnon and, you know, its relationship to Neanderthal, uh, Homo sapien, Homo habilis. Um, and there, the big thing is just there is a difference. There is a divide there. Mm-hmm. So. And we are a hybrid, you know, somewhat, somehow. Yeah. Now, Neanderthal what hybrid of like we were being told it's neanderthal cromagnon could it be you know just adamic man uh nephilim you know nephilim hybrid so it just i mean at, the, at this point and and bobby sepper says the exact same thing is like at this point we're all hybrids yes like it, at this point it is ridiculous because we're all hybridized together homo sapien homo habilis you know nephilim dna whatever mm-hmm. um so you know so how does this wrap back into uh, transhumanism? Well, the <laughs> thing about transhumanism that, that comes into this, we're all, we're not only all hybrids, but we're all hugely degen- degenerated. Um, for We know for a long time from our content on the Paranormies and content from TRS and other shows that we have been... Uh, we've been degenerated for a very long time with Jewish marketing products, um, everything else. I mean, it's, it's literally everything in our lives that is pushed to us from alcohol to fast food. Um, the culture hookup culture as a boomer, I guess would say, I don't know. Um, everything in our lives that is pushed to us is meant to corrupt our genetics and our health as humans. Right. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, the you know, especially stuff like food and uh quote medicine. Right. Even medicine does it. We're told to take, you know, Motrin or pain pills, uh, oxycodone. You know, we, we are meant to take all of this stuff that is supposedly helping us, but it's actually I mean it's killing us. It's killing our livers, it's addicting us to this substance. Um, it is destroying our bodies. Yeah, right. People that people that take vitamin M their whole life, they always end up with um, right. you know, stomach issues and, and intestinal problems. The stuff and, eats your stomach lining up. Yeah, and that would be a big deal, I would think, if everyone knew that they were a an intelligent, supremely created being who you know was meant to rule over this earth. Like this earth is our birthright. If everyone knew that and believed it, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't be happening. Now, when you say rule over this earth, there's a lot of us. How can everybody rule over the earth? 
there is a lot of us that is part of that corruption narrative. The fact that there are so many people that everyone is supposed to have so many children in the abortion culture, everything that we're meant to supposedly overpopulate the earth. We're not overpopulating anything. Yeah. We're supposed to rule this earth as our birthright. I mean, God gave Adam that right to rule over and guide this earth to protect nature, to protect each other. We're supposed to ensure that we're all healthy, that nature is healthy. We're not supposed to destroy this entire earth in the name of capitalism. Right. You're Um, starting to sound an awful lot like the Georgia Guidestones, buddy. Uh, <laughs> are you telling me that i'm it that i'm a well, he, he's talking up. about being a steward no, he's talking about being a steward of the planet about you know being a steward of this and how you know too many people is a bad thing no i'm not saying too many people is a bad thing that's no. the oh. thing oh okay there isn't too many people it's just that everyone has been corrupted are you sure there has there's not too many people there's an awful lot of Awful lot of people in uh, like Africa and India and stuff and Pakistan. You don't think there's too many people there? If everyone knew what they were supposed to do across this earth, and they weren't subject to this absolute degeneration and corruption, mm. this earth would look so different than what it is. We wouldn't have the migrant crisis. Uh, you know, if we if we want to be kind about it, we wouldn't have the migrant crisis. We wouldn't have China. We wouldn't have uh, any of these situations that we have today. Well, the only reason we have this population explosion is because of the effects of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, other than that, like people sustainably would not be able to maintain these levels of population. And I, so- I completely agree. Dude, I, I, we're going to get to the Industrial Revolution itself uh, probably later in the episode. That's, that's one of the biggest things in the, the transhumanist origins, actually. Mm. Is the Industrial Revolution itself so, the very idea? Okay, so this movement, basically, right now, transhumanism is a movement, more or less. It's a cultural and intellectual movement that believes we can and should improve the human condition through the use of advanced technologies. That's basically yes, it in a nutshell. And I would, I would say, it's a religion. Oh, right, and now it has become a religion. Yes. Uh, especially considering that, you know, definitely one of the, the, the main precepts or concepts or whatever in transhumanism is uh, life extension. Yeah. Right? It's, it's immortality. Immortali- it's right, immortality and uh, perfecting the human body. Right. Because we all know that there's something wrong with the human body. That's, that's one of the biggest things that I've, I've realized over the years is and over the past year really is everyone understands there's something wrong with our bodies mm-hmm. right we've talked about the germ theory versus the the terrain theory uh talked about you know over all of our conversations on covid everyone understands there's something wrong with the human body just right off the bat before you get infected with anything <laughs> so where does that come from right we're, right. Well, I mean, we you know, we, we, we die, you know, we, we, that's, that's something like, are we supposed to die? Is that something we were always supposed to do? Well, if you're, if you're a Christian, you, you believe in, in the words of the Bible, I think 
we were intended to die, but we were also intended to live forever. You know, that's that's one thing that Timothy Alberino in in his book Birthright, I think, got exactly right. Um, we were intended to live in harmony with mm. God. We were intended to eat of the tree of life, as Adam did, um, and rejuvenate ourselves and live forever. But our bodies were created to degenerate. They were created in entropy, which is the way of the world. We see it. We see everything around us degrading into entropy over the years. Um, and the human body is no different. Yeah, entropy. You mean the exact opposite of evolution in the Big Bang? The exact opposite of evolution, right. Mm. And evolution is one of the most damaging concepts to humanity that has ever existed. Uh, in, in Darwin's belief, long periods of time produce apparently order and complexity. And in the words of Alberino, and yet nowhere is this principle observed in nature. Right. Time is always the agent of disorder and chaos. He says, nature is not undergoing a perpetual increase of order and organization over time, but to the contrary is languishing in the inexorable corrosion of entropy's slow grind. I think that's awesome. That's like a perfect way of putting it. Um, <laughs> we We are not going into this perfect world of order as we move along we are degenerating we're going into chaos we see that every single day right i mean dogba you you talk about the the continent-wide strip mall <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's a it's a further degeneration of our living space right you and know, that's just uh, one part <laughs> so so i i have to com- i have to continue to observe what my ability to survive in a continent-wide strip mall looks like, you know, like, you know, I have to recalibrate my normal, my normal needs and my normal uh, interests in what is, you know, what has been tucked away in some uh, leased-out building, you know, within a driving proximity of me. All this just in completely unnatural way of living. And, yeah. and which which can all be shut off at, at the at the drop of a hat or the the activation of a weather weapon that freezes over the uh, the entire vicinity for fucking a week. Right, that's all it takes. And part it doesn't part take much. It just takes thanks to it. It just Darwin. takes you know the hacking of a pipeline or the you know little bit of a, of a storm. Right, or a or a pants pissing guy doing something to an electrical facility or if the the jewish commercials are to be believed a guy eating the brand new pretzel brand what that's just you know ignoring everything sorry that's a commercial that i walked by the other day when my wife and kid were watching tv was like this this entire company is is going down and the it guy is sitting there eating pretzels um i don't but that's that's the world is ending in the commercial or something yeah, it's like this This huge company is just like going into the ground and the IT guy is just sitting there eating eating oh. the pretzels. Huh. Interesting. But that's... Instead of yeah. fiddling while Rome burns, just eat the pretzels. All right. Eat the pretzels, Goy. <laughs> no, um, stop. Uh, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Eat your, cr- eat, eat your cricket pretzels. I was just... Damn it. it. Eat the bugs, Goy. Yeah. <laughs> eat the bugs. 
Right, eat the bugs, eat live in the pod. That's, that's the name of the episode. Eat your cricket pretzels, Goy. <laughs> okay. But that's Jack, what it is. Write that down. That's a that's a maybe. <laughs> but that's that's what it is. Darwin this is the first step into transhumanism, is Darwin made us into bug eating animals mm-hmm. that are part of I, this continent wide strip mall. But I read Origin of the Species, Reinhardt. It that's not that that I don't I don't I'm not sure how uh transhumanism comes from the idea that uh survivability and adapt adaptability is what causes the differences in different species around the world. Well mm. we'll get to that. We'll All get right. to the well, the different species thing, I mean, we've talked about quite a bit. I mean, Listen, the, I, 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 I will strongly I will strongly agree with you that Charles Darwin did a fucking number on pe- on pulling people away from God, you know, with with the theory of evolution. Or or, or as as it's or, or Darwinism. Well you know, like but but I, I like I just don't know I just don't know exactly how Charles Darwin can be responsible for Peter Thiel uh, and his gay billionaire ass trying to, you know, jack jack into people's brains and upload their memories into a computer. Okay, here's how. Darwin was a setup for atheism, and without atheism, you wouldn't have Peter Thiel. Okay. Partially, yes. That's like 80% of it, yes. Without atheism, you don't have Peter Thiel. Without atheism, you don't have uploading your consciousness into a computer. You know, he's a he's a real swarmy son of a bitch, isn't he? Uh, he he's really, a, he's he really a faggot. Is a smarmy he's a faggot. Oh. Like, he's he's a faggot. What do you expect? He's an actual faggot. I believe that he sucks dick and that he is an actual faggot. Where Milo was the pretend hairdresser the whole time. <laughs> God, callbacks. No, that's a good. That's a great analogy, and it's true. No, it is. Yeah, it, it is. is. All right, so yeah, I, I kind of that's eighty percent of it, right, Reinhardt? What's the other twenty percent? Well, okay, maybe not eighty percent, but Darwin is the beginning. He's the beginning, probably. Okay, thirty-three percent. If I have to put a number on it, <laughs> and I'm putting. I'm putting the next 33% in chat because I actually just realized I forgot to put this guy in chat to begin with. Um, the next 33% of the narrative is a man named Charles Lyle. So we got Charles Darwin, Charles Lyle. This guy was a Scottish or British philosopher and uh, geologist. It doesn't work. In the 1800s, and around that, the same time as Darwin. That link doesn't work, buddy. Oh, link doesn't work? No. That's weird. I think you misspelled it. I think I might have hit an extra key. There you go. There it is. Um, But this man, this man, Charles Lyle, which he pisses me off especially because I actually didn't know about him until about two years ago. And Charles Lyle, we actually have to thank for the geology and geography that we learn in schools. This man actually is the father of the term uniformitarianism when it comes to geology. He he created the idea that this entire world is gradually changing 
over millions and millions and millions of years. And that the idea of catastrophism is completely inaccurate. Before Lyle, most people believed Hang on a second, Reinhardt. Sure. What's, uh, okay, uniformitarianism. That is the assumption that the same natural laws and processes that operate in our present day scientific observations have always observed, have always operated in the universe in the past and apply and apply uh, everywhere in the universe. Right. Okay. His, His mantra is the present is the key to the past, which to me sounds retarded off the bat. It just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, well, what was the, what's the quote from George Orwell? He controls the present, controls the future, controls the future, controls the past, something like that. You know, I can't stop thinking about that scene from Mad Men where that, uh, on the elevator, where that guy is giving uh, Don Draper, like, this big speech about, you know, what an asshole he is and how it must be hard for him to sleep at night and blah, blah, blah. And I, I just picture Charles Lyle looking at Reinhardt and uh, it, from Don Draper's perspective and saying, I don't think about you at all. So are you calling me Don Draper or Charles no, Lyle? Charles Don Draper. Lyle. Like, he's just like, I don't think about you at all. You asshole. <laughs> you absolute douchebag. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I don't know what any of that. I don't know what that means. Okay, Graham Graham Hancock goes on at length in uh, America before about uh, Charles Lyell and the whole uniformitarianism mm-hmm. and how and how uh, every every geologist afterwards just completely stuck to this guy's script. So whenever the archaeologist that inspired Randall Carlson to look at the way uh, the way the Pacific Northwest uh, looks like it was completely devastated uh, by what by what they think is like the remains of a comet. Uh, that the guy that initially brought up that theory was laughed at, and his whole academic career was destroyed because of the adherence to Charles Lyell and his uniformitarianism, because because. It was more. It was more convenient for all these scientists to just go along with the idea that everything happens very slow and very gradual, and that and and that's where we're supposed to get this nonsense idea that the Grand Canyon was just was just a stream over time. A right, long it evolved time. into yeah, it eroded into this thing that it is now. Time. <laughs> like, okay, okay, come on, but, really. Well, the thing about. The thing about Lyell is he's he's just like Darwin, where Darwin has uh, on the origin of species. This guy has his papers, uh, the principles of geology, which is basically you know the Bible of the of that specific science discipline. Just like Darwin is when it comes to biology, you know. Right. And it's one guy, you know, one dude runs the well, narrative. Supposedly. Supposedly, right. Absolutely. It's always supposedly. Um, but, you know, he built on, I guess, you know, there was there was two guys before him that started all this. And the guy's name was John Playfair. <laughs> hmm. John Playwright? Yeah, John Playfair. He was, well, um, 
He was a Church of Scotland minister, remembered as a scientist and, math- scientist and mathematician. He, his only picture, he has one hand in his jacket. Uh, of course, because he's got an itchy chest. Just itchy very, chest. They're, all their chests were very itchy. That's James yeah, Hutton. That, James that Hutton has the hands day. crossed in his hand. He's doing the he's doing the Masonic hand thing in his lap. The hand in the jacket thing is, is something that's been used for hundreds of years. Like everyone, everyone should see that. But I don't know where it comes from. I honestly don't. I see the pulling in of the two middle fingers, and that is a Masonic, that is a Masonic hand gesture, right? right. Where you have it in the portrait, and like your two middle fingers are pulled in, your mm-hmm. thumb, the M, um, the Masonic M or whatever, yeah. Yes, yes, that is that is legit. We all see it. The hand in the jacket, I just don't see how it's practical in it's the slightest. The, it's the it hidden hand thing, kind of, just showing that you're a part of the club, supposedly. It has to be. There's no other reason why every single one of the people in that, you know, it's just a pose, Goy, that one, you know, collage of like 60 portraits of very famous people. Everyone from, you know, Napoleon to Rasputin. Right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, you're right. Lyle, <laughs> this thing became, and, and Lyle actually came before Darwin. Um, he didn't become, he was popular, yes, but he didn't become super popular until after Darwin. Because he actually kind of paved the way for Darwin's theory of evolution. Because the two meld pretty well, don't they? Well, it's very, it's all very. Well, it, it does meld very well, but it is also very convenient that these at these European academics all around the exact same time, and to a lesser to a lesser extent, or maybe to a more extent, you could even include uh, Karl Marx and his theories of economics. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that all of these things seem to have come up all around the same time. Eighteen seventies. Yeah, they're they're all like it's all very effective at uh, drawing people away, like using uh, using the white man's uh, longing for critical thinking to to like lure them away from their faith in in a in what a higher power has done for us, right? Like to like. And and giving them these like more drawn out explanations as to why things are, and also since they're credentialed, and you're not credentialed, you sh- it, it, there was a, a greater respect for the academic at the time. So you you right. you listen to the academic spout out stuff like. But was there though? I'm just. But was there though? You know, for the. For the sake of for the sake of the explanation, I can see why more people perhaps uh, tended to defer to these academics about this sort of thing. In 1870, though, I mean, were people you know horse and buggy people were they really concerned about uh, you know theories and principles of geology? Yes, hmm. yes, they hmm. were. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, these guys all around, yeah, 1858, you know, the Darwin, uh, Darwin's papers in 1858, Lyell actually helped publish. So, yeah, these guys all, all, all around the same time, all helping each other out, uh, getting well, people, and Darby, you'll love this. getting people set up for atheism. 
what was in full swing by the 1860s, 1870s in Europe? Swing dancing, big band, the industrial revolution. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the total movement away from any sort of ancient Johnny, like you've said in our world's fair episodes, ancient world, bad modern world, good ancient world, savage modern world thinkers. Modern world Watching. civilized, ancient world uncivilized, modern world yes. dirty. I mean, modern world clean, uh, you know, old world dirty. You know what I saw uh, when I was going down the World's Fair rabbit hole thing? Uh, there, was a, there was a cartoon about one of the old World's Fairs, and it was like some country couple that's from a farm drove the old uh, horse and buggy into town and went to the World's Fair, and everything was all modern. It's oh, it's oh my... Like the the old like the Popeye and uh, what was her name Olive Oil. She had like the real weird. Oh my Popeye! Like you know like that's all she would like really quietly say, and like everything was you know was everything was like um, all automated and it was robots and this that and the other, and they were like country folk. And by the end of the video, you know they were um, driving back to the farm in brand new clothes and new haircuts and a new car instead and left in a tra- trade in the horse and buggy. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So, so you're gonna drop an olive oil impersonation on us, but you're not gonna follow up with a Popeye. It wasn't a Popeye. The guy wasn't. He didn't like nothing. To, yeah. So <laughs> he didn't. He didn't what? <laughs> yeah, you heard me the first time. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. I, you can listen to it when it comes out. <laughs> um, the, Everybody the gets one. The big thing that I want to say before we get to the break. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I know we're coming up on it, right? Oh, we have to be. Yeah, we are. Oh, God. One minute over. Nice timing. Oh, okay. Okay. The big thing I want to say before we get to the break, and we can continue with Lyle and Darwin real quick after, Mm -hmm. is what do these guys do together? These two guys in the world of academia, in this civilized modern world, destroyed the origins of mankind. Darwin destroyed the, uh, the anthropological origins of mankind as a beautiful created being turn them into an animal that is just the product of not really entropy in his mind but in the product of um just billions of years of what's the opposite of entropy extropy i guess no evolution like that's the thing is evolution oh oh wow oh wow evolution i guess i mean i guess has no end point right but it's in it flies directly in the face of their theories of physics that everything tends towards entropy. So if everything tends towards entropy, we should have started off as a much higher being than we are now. Well, and now we're it also flies in the face of all the ancients and right. what all the ancient people be- before this supposed civilized modern society believed. And Charles Lyell, uh, with his uniformitarianism, actually, I mean, his entire purpose was to destroy the idea of a a cataclysmic flood, the flood of Noah, cataclysmic events that happened in the world that caused rapid change. Rapid change was his enemy. So ideas of valleys, uh, rivers, like the Grand Canyon, uh, being rapidly changed by these cataclysmic events was wrong in his eyes because the world is subject to entropy Mm -hmm. which is funny because well it flies in the face of evolution but it seems to support evolution 
That's why all of this is just ridiculous to me. Um, but it all worked in this modern, quote, civilized society. Um, and right. I guess we, uh, we can talk a little bit more about it after the break, and then we'll get to the point that's really going to piss everyone off, um, especially a lot of our guys afterwards. Oh, boy. I got a good... I got a good break song uh, for this one. Okay. Oh, boy. Well, you know, I love industrial music, so it, it took me a little... I was I was like, I really got to find something good for transhumanism out of the industrial the industrial bin. And there's this uh, Frontline Assembly classic from the album Tactical Neural Implant, which is such a fucking awesome name for an album. And it's uh, called Biomechanic. All right. Nice. We'll be back.
right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Reinhardt, Dogbot, and Jack. Uh, we're talking about transhumanism. The end of the first hour, we were talking about Charles Darwin and uh, Charles Lyell. You wanted to finish up a point with them, Reinhardt? Yeah, I just wanted to bring uh, kind of something into like a closing point with the two of these guys. Um, so Darwin destroyed human origins. Lyle destroyed civilizational origins. And this is a big thing uh, that I just wanted to finish with, with Lyle is this guy, his, his principles of geology are what every child is taught in school nowadays. And the theory of uniformitarianism totally destroys the idea of cataclysmic events. It destroys the idea of resets in our civilization history. That's not just the flood of Noah. It's the mud floods. It's everything else. It's all the resets that we talk about. No, there is no cataclysmic event that could have happened, you know, in history and totally moves the continents and everything. No, this is all this, this is all subject to, you know, thousands of years of change. Um, no, there's no room for mud floods. There's no reason, there's no room for the flood of Noah for vast changes in geology. Like Dogbat, you brought up the, the Grand Canyon. I just don't believe that that was the product of thousands of years <laughs> of gradual change. Millions. It's just not. Millions of so, years. So, so uh, the first time I heard John Levi say that some of these struck, some of these natural were supposed to be natural geographic stru structures in the deserts of utah nevada colorado and new mexico that that they were melted buildings or melted cities i was like all right dude until <laughs> until i went to uh bandelier national monument again and i was in front of these and i just tried to put my i guess i kind of you know you, you have to put your imagination at work but when you when you look at all these openings you know, on the top and everything. And then you're like, I just don't buy the gradual weathering of these structures anymore. I, I like, I can see the possibility that some awful catastrophic event occurred and transformed this area into what it is. And then they put up these little areas like, Oh yeah, the Indians lived in this little hovel right up here in the front. Right. They're, they're not, and that's what we've talked about on the, the World's Fair episodes, too, is just the idea that with different races, like the Native Americans uh, who are Indo-European and the Blacks, um, you know, they, they push them down to the Stone Age level. But something clearly happened in all societies, in all mm -hmm. races, in all civilizations, or some things <laughs> clearly happened to push all of these civilizations down. Sure. Sure. I mean, like, well, you know, we're discovering that uh, things happened to European cities in the early 1900s that nobody talks about or reads about. You know, a lot of destruction and death by big old flying airships. You know, that's not in the history books. And then you go back even further and this stuff is, you know, like, like you were talking about, Doug, about the melted buildings. I was just watching a some sort of a travel show. Uh, and I want to say it was in Spain and they had, um, this green building that's in the mountain, 
It's always been in the mountain. Or no, it was in Greece. It was uh, an island off the coast of Greece. And this this um, structure was in the mountain. I don't know what you call it, like a, a house or whatever. But it's always been there. It's, you know, that's the legend. It's always been there. Well, okay. <laughs> Are they talking about the the cave that Zeus was supposedly brought up in? No, no, no. Like, it's This is like a... Um, it's, it's like an it, actual just house? It's, yeah, it's not a house. It's like an old uh, medieval style, you know, a wall with a door and a couple windows. It'd be like the front of a right. house. Right. So it's a keep built into a mountain. Right. right. But there's also, there's also those like castle-like structures where half the, half the castle is intact and then the other half looks like it was completely fucking melted. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they just yeah, stopped, or they just stopped creating like like when they were making the castle, that's where they just stopped with that lump of clay and left the clay there, and it's like, okay, no, that's where the dragons it. came in. Ah. Well, it's it's what's bizarre is like they like you'll have an archaeologist tell you tell you that that's just a straight, that's just straight them building into the natural feature. You know, they'll they'll, right. they'll look at you straight in the face and tell you that that's a natural formation, just like they'll tell you that that. Uh, that that gigantic megalithic uh, cyclopean structure underwater off the coast of southern Japan is is a natural feature. Even though when you look at a three D, you look at a three D model of it, it's clearly some kind of temple for for not normal sized humans either. You're mm-hmm. you're talking the like monument monument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking you're talking uh, someone who has like uh like takes an eight foot stride when they normally walk right you know that that that's because that's how big those steps are there you'd have to you'd have to like jump up onto each step and and they say oh it's a natural geological formation it's like there's no there's no way there's There's no fucking way i was just gonna say (laughs) that yeah that's what they say it's a natural formation but those rocks are way too perfectly aligned it's too geometrically perfect. It's not natural. That doesn't happen like that in nature. No. Stop it. And just stop and it. And that's that to me is the most infuriating thing personally, as somebody mm-hmm. who loves history, um, has since they were a child archaeology. Um, that to me is the most infuriating thing about this is is that this is what's taught to our kids. Is like this no, all of this is natural. Well, how 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 do we get to the next the next stop in the uh history of trans transhumanism from, from so, here the next stop and this, this is going to piss off a lot of people is when we go back to darwin darwin didn't provide an endpoint for evolution because there is no endpoint right everything is just entropy everything is just evolution to infinity every everything is to us we know it's entropy but to darwin everything was just constantly adapting everything is constantly just changing over the years and that's it right Right. there's no there's no ends there's no stopping point but the thing with darwin but the thing with darwin is everything was always quote getting better it was improving it wasn't just adapting it was you know they were right uh, we evolved we evolved from fish you know, we, right. you know, there was a fish that crawled out of the ocean one day and, you know, now I got to go to work. That's the meme. You know, <laughs> now we're going to go to work. And then there was a guy in a fish outfit who came up out of the ocean and said, hey, 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 guys, how about some civilization? That's called a fallen angel. 
Oh, that, I thought that was the Dogon. Mm. Oh. No. <laughs> no, that isn't Dagon. Dagon. The Dogons, weren't no. those that uh, Star Trek bad guy or something? No, that was Cal Drogo in, uh, in Game of Thrones. Wait, what? Third base. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> So back to transhumanism. Um, <laughs> so back to transhumanism. Yes. Um, so, um, so, well, so transhumanism relates to evolution in as much as how? Well, the big connector here, and this is this is something that Alberino has brought up, and it, that really pushed it all together for me everything that we're going to be talking about and we're going to have a couple of episodes on trans transhumanism right yeah um yeah we'll going do. through you know what we see today and what we're seeing in the future or maybe seeing in the future what clicked together for me was friedrich nietzsche friedrich nietzsche and his philosophy of the ubermensch the overman the will to power philosophy that so many of us of our guys even find inspiring this gives evolution an endpoint this okay. gives everything a goal away Which from is? god away from what everyone in the ancient world believed even if they were you know even if they they believed in pagan gods the endpoint is ascension through our own godliness, our own power as humans. So evolution is about us being just animals subject to adaptation and change. The Ubermensch philosophy, the will to power philosophy, is about us ascending through our own power. It's so the end point of that adaptation. So, Reinhardt, the way most people understand Frederick Nietzsche is that they distill it down to three words. God is dead. That he's, he's credited for, for proclaiming that. Right. God is dead. We have killed God. Um, that text. Yeah. That famous, famous text, which supposedly wasn't Nietzsche saying, you know, uh, he hates God or anything. It's just a treatise on modern philosophy is what he's saying supposedly my mm. humanities teacher said that frederick nietzsche was plagued with such severe migraines that he would puke blood and so like he, he said that that uh living under such painful like uh uncontrollable painful con conditions can lead someone to be a nihilist what do you think about that i mean i think it's true that that idea is true, that immense pain and suffering can lead someone to that end, but I don't think with Nietzsche it's that case. I don't think it's, with Nietzsche, I don't think it's that case at all. I think Nietzsche had a very clear idea of what he was trying to put out. I think Nietzsche was involved in whatever whatever we call this. I call it the Hydra. It's got so many different heads, um, personally. But I think Nietzsche knew exactly what he was saying with every word that he published from God is Dead to the Overman philosophy. Okay. 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 All right. 
So Nietzsche is responsible for a bazillion atheists. <laughs> Fedora wearing. Atheists. Right. So Nietzsche's, I mean, you know, Nietzsche is the ultimate, you know, I mean, like, it's not really Nietzsche unless you read him in the original German, you know. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> right? That's the, well, actually, well, actually, you know, you got to read Nietzsche in the original German. It's like, wait, you know, the hipster, well, you know, you don't, you have to read Kafka in the original. Was the fuck was Kafka? I forgot. Was he German too? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, Nietzsche is responsible for atheism, the rise in atheism, probably a lot of it. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I well, think, isn't he I like the he, first atheist, like publicly printed atheist? God is dead. Right. I mean, he was, he was the most popular of the okay. nihilist atheists. He, he okay. definitely was according to the narrative, the one who was like speaking out against well, the, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot the of authors out there, the right? Hypocrisy and everything else, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of authors out there writing things. He just be, be, became the popular one because narrative reasons, maybe. Well, why? Why do you think that is? Given the, yeah. given the scenario that we have today, right? Right. Using of atheism, he would be the most popular. Well, yeah. You know what? Well, with the with the rise in atheism, you know what I hear a lot from people, from uh, a lot of boomers that lament the state of uh the strip mall in which we inhabit uh they they say you know people not everybody was a christian but this country was a whole lot better when when everybody believed in god and it's like yeah well you know uh, well i mean it, when you believe that there is a power greater than yourself that could that that's in charge of things you know, you tend to be more humble about your place in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you tend you tend to uh, you tend to live you tend to have a, a better appreciation for the world and the beauty that's around you. Right. right. And now that everything's disposable, you know, including your body parts, because you can replace all your body parts now. You know, that's that's transhumanism, right? Isn't that Reinhardt? If you can replace everything. Like, if you can replace, okay, so you blow your knee out and you get a fake knee and you blow your hip and you get a fake hip and you have an artificial tendon and uh, a, a titanium eardrum bones or whatever. Like, are you transhuman at that point? Not quite. Okay. Not quite. I, there's, it's, it's an interesting line that's there with transhumanism and that's, that melds perfectly with what Nietzsche gives to Lyle and Darwin um, and also goes into the future. Is So Lyle and Darwin didn't provide an endpoint. Uh, Nietzsche did. And now we have this situation where we are ascending, supposedly. Uh, we, we are taking medicinal uh, – we are taking medicine. We are adapting ourselves with – biogenetic enhancements and these things are brought to us in the the blanket of you know uh, altruistic medicine that's what i was looking for (laughs) i couldn't think of the word altruistic um it's always brought to us in the idea of like don't you want your child to be okay don't you want your grandmother to you know not have alzheimer's um don't you want this person to have their eyes again to have their ears to have their arm whatever it is um i mean it's I that, guess it, that in and of itself 
is not transhumanism. Okay. But there is a primer going on with that for transhumanism. Well, they've been primering people with this for a long time with sci-fi and stuff. Robot right. people and putting swapping brains and uh, putting brains into robots and uploading your consciousness and downloading consciousness and uh, doing all that kind of stuff and replacing you know stuff with robotics, putting nanobots in people to control them, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The world of fiction has been priming people for a very long time, probably the last mm-hmm. hundred years or mm-hmm. so. But the the idea of transhumanism wasn't really brought together until the 50s. Um, so the religion itself, the church of transhumanism, so to speak, wasn't really brought together until about 70 years ago. Right. And it wasn't it. Wasn't it brought together by like a CIA project? A CIA project and brother of Aldous Huxley, Julian Huxley. Right. Julian Huxley, who was Brave New World. Right. Aldous Huxley wrote Brave New World. Julian Huxley worked with one of the, was it Charles Galton Darwin or Francis Galton's kid that was, I don't know. But all these people are one of Darwin's descendants. Right. And then there's also Francis Galton, who's related to these people too. And there are all these original eugenicists and also sci-fi, you know, writers and, you know, the Darwin family. And they're all intermarried. Right. And yeah. one of the big ones, too, was, uh, was J.B.S. Haldane, or John Haldane, hmm. um, who is a, another British eugenicist. That was one thing, while I was looking for the people, uh, while I was looking at prep, I was looking for specific people that were involved mm-hmm. in the creation of the transhumanist agenda, I noticed so many of these guys were British eugenicists. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, especially early uh, on. Let me... Let me let me ask you about eugenics real quick, uh, Reinhardt. I am on good authority by certain people in our sphere that eugenics was actually quite based, and that like and I've seen uh, some very fine publishers publishing books about from prominent eugenicists from the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. Uh, where did they go wrong? Like what? Like. Like, wasn't the idea of eugenics was uh, the same way uh, dogs are bred for particular for particular needs and uses? Wasn't the idea of eugenics was breeding out uh, bad behaviors and bad uh, 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 bad usages for for to make better people? Well, that's the thing in our Jewish world. Eugenics serves their purpose perfectly the narrative given to us that i always heard in in history you know i'm only i'm only 25 so what i heard in history class is eugenics were used to breed uh slaves to breed out you know certain negative qualities in slaves (laughs) the more i looked into it the more i looked into everything i started to learn that eugenics was a very jewish idea that was used to breed out, you know, the most undesirable well, I, qualities in cattle for them. Okay, l- like, uh, let me bring up the conservatard uh, version of eugenics, the 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 supervillainous of eugenics 
Margaret Sanger. Mm. Uh, she's the, the founder of Planned Parenthood. She gave a speech to the Ku Klux Klan. You know, she's, you know, she started Planned Parenthood to weed out black children. You know, Control that's, opposition. That's, oh, right. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. like, like there, like there are people that will hear that stuff about Margaret Sanger and go, well, I don't know. That's kind of based. You know, like right. Well, say, you hear it, yeah, well it's, it's the same. That, like, it's Hillary the same. Clinton was friends with David Duke at one point. We and don't was get. Like, oh wow! Right. Well, but we we don't get eugenics. We get dysgenics. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Like that's. Like, there's like, no like, well. There's no more eugenics going on with people. Have you seen people recently? Have you Have you looked around at people? Those are not evolved. Right. Like my, my argument against the silent weapons for quiet wars is is like. I don't know if they're working very well. <laughs> Maybe a lot well, of slow deaths, but you know, working, it's like it's working in favor of the Jewish agenda in mm -hmm. the transhumanist agenda because mm -hmm. the eugenics are centered actually around creating this entire society that is susceptible to transhumanism. And they're given what Charles Darwin, Charles Lyell, and Friedrich Nietzsche have put before us. We now have a successfully degenerated society that is ready to be totally degenerated with consumerism and now eugenics changing our DNA, changing it, degenerating it, and now we create this society that is begging for improvement. <laughs> right. We're begging to ascend. Plastic. Well, and it's not just plastic oh surgery God. either. You know, that's that's the whole that's part of consumerism, though the plastic surgery. Right. We're begging to be better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want something more because we know something is wrong. Everyone has this in this this innate feeling that something is wrong. Transhumanism provides everyone this amazing altruistic method of ascendance without this Jewish idea that if you do the right things, God will help you. And that that's an entirely different thing, but Christianity has been totally Judaized into creating this idea of like, well, God's not going to help you if you're not faithful. Um, and that, that's, again, a whole different thing. Uh, but that does play into this. Hmm. But our, our, our eugenics... We shouldn't be worshiping Sanger. We shouldn't be worshiping the KKK, uh, David Duke, and that's. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, all these people that were friends together: David Duke, Hillary Clinton, Margaret Sanger. I'm not going to call David Duke himself controlled opposition, but the two of them are. The two of them are pawns. Uh, well, Margaret Sanger was controlled opposition. She was uh, playing the other side. When was Hillary Clinton? David. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, DB. When was Hillary Clinton friends with Doc, uh, David Duke? That is a conservative talking point. Um, that she was a uh, like a mentee or a learner from David Duke for I a while. I thought it was another guy. It wasn't David Duke. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's another guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I don't. I don't want to. But that's I, a like, huge talking point: is that she no, was no, no, at no, no. friends with him 
who was connected to the KKK. Right. No, he was a, no, no. Robert Bird. Yes, Bird. Robert. That's right. It's Robert Bird. Is the same name. Rob, is it Robert Bird as oh, the Admiral I'm Bird? I'm sorry, right. Robert, David. Robert, if he's ever listening to this, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. That, no. His book, Jewish Supremacism, is fantastic. And if that's okay. controlled op, if that's controlled opposition, then they fucked up. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. No, then, then I yeah. apologize. <laughs> I, no, the only thing they might have done is they might have like encouraged him to do like the broccoli thing and get off track. But so like the 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 Robert Byrd situation, Reinhardt, like that guy was a grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, and he uh, he helped uh, usher in the civil like like through pretend controlled opposition uh, the civil rights legislation. And yes. he was a pro- he was a prominent senator up until the very point that his corpse finally gave out, and he had a lot of prominent Democrats come to his funeral and give very very glowing 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 eulogies of mm-hmm. this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So right. like that's a major conservative talking point is that uh, all these big time uh, race race huck- huckster de- like representative Democrats well. You know, they went to Robert Byrd's funeral and said a whole bunch of nice things. Yeah, that, okay, right. so <laughs> yeah, so like that's that's it. But the, it's basically just it, they're jerking the guy off after he died. But you know, like they they all want the same. That's a really gross picture, DB. By the way, thanks. Uh, you know, yeah. um, that is gross. Yeah. So here. <laughs> so. Back to transhumanism. Not fair. Now, speaking of <laughs> no. speaking of Hillary Clinton um, and her friends that are into transhumanism, you know, a lot of people have been into this recently, like Jeffrey Epstein and his family, all the Epsteins that are involved in like Harvard and Stanford and all these other big science universities that have buildings and wings named after them because they're right. all donating money, big money. To transhumanist projects. Yeah, Virginia Tech and UCLA are two of the biggest ones that keep coming up. Mm. Um, which mm. are we are we surprised at all mm. <laughs> at this point? Langley and yeah, and and the Laurel um, Canyon. Yeah, <laughs> one of the worst ones that I want to bring up is a uh, uh, I J Good, or as he was actually born, uh, Irving. No, sorry, Isidore Gudak. He went by Irving Good. Oh God. But his Even name like was Irving Isidore Good, I mean, it's just Jacob just, yeah. Goodak, Jacob born to Jewish Goodak. Polish parents, huh. surprise in London, educated mm. at the University of uh, Manchester, and moved to the U.S. where he's a professor at where, 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 Virginia Tech. Well, there you go. And he was a consultant with Stanley Kubrick. On 2001 A Space Odyssey. I love that. <laughs> Worked with Alan Turing. Uh, because, of course, he did. Alan you Turing, know, really? Polish Jew. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Oh, God, I love this guy. It all goes, it all always comes around together and everything comes together every time. It does. It does. Hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so funny. I've never been so excited about a freaking Jew. Uh, I mean, yeah, you need to calm down thing. a little bit, dude, before people get the wrong idea. Oh my god. Well no, it's just it's hilarious how connected this occult agenda mm-hmm. is. And by occult agenda now um 
you know, besides like, you know, the, I guess the uh, exoteric side of that is, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's just uh, upgrading your biology and making your, your body better. Uh, they're doing it with the Navy SEALs, right? They're augmenting their, their brains to make them more uh, advanced, Right, isn't that dude? Isn't that, even even DARPA and the yeah. the U.S. government have admitted that they can alter up to a million portions of our DNA mm-hmm. to root out you know genetic diseases and uh, and and quote uh, degenerative qualities. So yeah, we're making super soldiers, and this goes into of course MK Ultra, the CIA's mind control stuff. Um, I mean, all of this works together. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, long, old agenda. Uh, but, I mean, it's not new, you know, it's not new. Apparently, so, apparently this agenda has been going on for for uh, a long, long time, right? Uh, the satanic, the satan, bleh, satanic transhumanist agenda. Uh, Reinhardt, what about the older science fiction authors like Jules Verne and H.G. Wells and stuff like that. Mm. Like, do they, does, does the science fiction, uh, does science fiction somehow play into this, er, this early strain of leading into transhumanism? Cause we've, we've talked to, we've talked at length about how some of these European, these, uh, mid 19th century European academics, have have ushered in the you know, have laid the foundation but but how, how does this really get how does this really get like a foothold into the consciousness that that we're we're supposed to ascend to some kind of machine state well like i said uh, ij good was part of the consulting team on 2001 a space odyssey so that right there shows us that these people have had a foothold in uh, fiction and nonfiction worlds for a very long time. Uh, now that's that's sixty, seventy years at least that they've had a foothold. And guys like H.G. Wells and Edward Bulwer Lytton, uh, who wrote *The Coming Race*, which is where we get the Vril and the Vril Yah uh, stuff from. And uh, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Jules Verne. Jules Verne, yeah, yeah, he wrote um, um, "Journey to the Center of the Earth," around the around the world in eighty days. Um, around the world in eighty days was pretty funny, but that's another whole other concept. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah, uh, twenty thousand yeah. leagues under the sea. Again, an entirely different concept, mm-hmm. uh, but still, this shows how fiction has an incredible effect on society today given darwin and and lyle's and nietzsche's works in the 1800s uh the 1900s of science fiction were dedicated to these occult narratives and presenting them to people through fiction methods or in the case of hg wells fake radio productions right yeah which, you and know, then, killed yeah. a bunch of people <laughs> yeah Philip K. Dick is another one too. Oh, for well, sure. Philip K. Dick is more modern. I, I thought mm-hmm. we were going to talk about present. Uh, in a, no, in I mean, a but episode. he's 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 right though. But uh, doesn't the roots of transhumanism like go way back though? Like Prometheus, 
Well, yeah, it it goes back to the entire idea of, you know, thou shalt become like gods. That's the satanic, the Promethean idea right. of bringing illicit knowledge, bringing illicit salvation, uh, ascension, you know, to people. Um, that is, it is the same exact lie that I keep talking about all the time that was brought by not only the serpent in Eden, but the fallen angels after, uh, after Eden, mm-hmm. after the, the uh, departure of Adam and Eve. Um, the days of Yaren, it's the same exact lie. Right. That was, you don't need this being. This being, God, is a slave master, a slave driver. He created you to, you know, be his servant. You don't need that. You can ascend otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now, here's this knowledge. Here's this knowledge to do it yourself. Exactly. Do right. what thou shalt. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Yeah, that is uh, an ancient saying. There's a reason that Aleister Crowley was a disciple of Osiris. Osiris being Nimrod. Nimrod being the spirit of the Antichrist, being the progenitor or the progenitor of that forbidden knowledge of that do what thou sh- or do what thou wilt concept after the flood. Right. And that's the thing. It's uh, do what thou wilt. I mean, like, you know, take control of your own, of your nature, you know, make, take, we, you're going to take control of humanity and make it into what they want. Not what we are, I guess. Well, yeah. And, 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 uh, talk about, I don't know if you were on, uh, that portion of the, the voice cast that, uh, Skull and Antipriestman and a bunch of us did on, um, the other night on telegram but all of that together is the great lie all of that is working in tandem to bring this into the modern age and it's it's coming into the modern age it's already here Mm -hmm. it's already intrinsic in us that something is wrong that we need to get better and how are we going to get better well it's going to be provided to us. It goes into the Project Bluebeam stuff and the alien, uh, the supposed alien uh, deception. Right. Well, there's there's a uh, there, there's a very interesting episode of Ancient Aliens when I, I was watching it avidly, and it was about the Akashic Record, right? And mm-hmm. so they they were bringing up different inventors and different brilliant. Uh, theoreticians and stuff over the course of our history. Uh, They would bring up Nikolai Tesla, Leonardo da Vinci, Albert Einstein. I think they even went into Nostradamus to some effect, right? And they they were trying to say that these people would talk about how they were divinely inspired, uh, that that someone came to them and gave them the information. And they, they would talk about how Tesla could work out the mechanics of his of his inventions in his mind, you know, uh, before he would even put anything down to paper, uh, like they would try to describe the way that he would do this. And we could get into the idea that some of these people may or may not even be real at all. And all, all of it could be bullshit, but, uh, it, it definitely, when, whenever I started getting more aware of the way some of the stuff was working for me, uh, I understood these advancements of technology as leading closer and closer to uh, 
demons having a physical form on this earth. And that uh, perhaps these were not divinely inspired, but these were demonically inspired inventions to help the progress of getting some kind of physical form for these creatures to right. uh, inhab- inhabit uh, inhabit this this realm on a more permanent basis. Well, yeah, they do that with technology. Like you know, they the the demons and the other entities can't speak on this plane, so they've created ways for them to do it with, like, say, cell phones. And the little scrying screen that you have in your hand, and they have ways of them, you know, to with the televisions and stuff. So uh, well, well, now and and we'll get to this in a later episode because um, we can do an entire episode on it, and we are hmm. um, hopefully they're they're working on not just a way for them to talk to us through our scrying screens, through our mirrors, through you know necromancy magic. Mm-hmm. They're using that same magic of the old world, this Babylonian magic that is science to us to bring these beings into bodies. They're building bodies through biogenetic engineering. That's where the transhumanism comes in. Is <laughs> Right. <laughs> the, those are the human pig chimeras bodies. up on the ISS, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're creating these bodies for a soul to inhabit. Mm-hmm. We're creating... Um, uh, husks or flasks for anyone who who has seen uh, Fullmetal Alchemist or read the manga Fullmetal Alchemist. That is what is happening today. Is our our military, our government, the Jews, everyone? They are working in tandem with all of these conspiracies to bring about the quote ascension of humanity. But what they're really doing is creating ascended cattle. They're making gay human pig chimeras. <laughs> yes. They are. Up, uh, on the ISS. They're, fag- they're faggot chimera goats. They gay? got the asses of black women. Wait, I'm sorry. Gay human chimeras on the ISS. Hmm. All right. Show title. That's another one. <laughs> it, there's so many things that you could just throw words together. You know, from this whole genre of news and information, and it, it becomes like a, a show title. Or uh, and, I saw gay human goat chimeras at the shoe and leather pavilion. Right on Friday. Right, gay human goat chimeras is like you know the name of an album from some weird uh, core metal band from Arizona or something. Which the the goat chimera thing actually kind of fits mm. with yeah. mythology and biblical text. Funny right. enough, right. Um, Thanks, Azazel. <laughs> yeah, right. But this but, stuff, like this stuff, is happening. Like you know, this isn't this isn't sci-fi anymore. This stuff is really, really happening. Uh, the, the you know, like transhumanism goes back. Like Jack Parsons, you know, he was he was involved with uh, transhumanist type stuff because you know Thelema was a very uh, that whole religion was all about trans, uh, evolving humanity. You know. Right, the OTO right. transhuman or uh, uh, the Lima, um, L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, what they were doing—it's all and it's all wrapped up in science. Funny mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. what's what's purported to us as science, it's like CERN, right? Oh yeah, well yeah, CERN is absolutely about. Well, they created the God particle. They found the God particle, right? And now you know they admit that they're opening portals or trying to open portals mm-hmm. to other realms. Well, we already we already you know. 
We somehow finished the game in a very record short time, so now we're going to go back and do all the side quests. And apparently one of the side quests is opening up portals. Yeah, because nothing went wrong with that. You know, Jack Parsons, uh, uh, who was the guy from Led Zeppelin? Oh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page above uh, Loch Ness. Yeah. You know, that uh, Alistair Crowley himself, yeah. who, you know, Jimmy Page bought his house from. Yeah. Danny uh, Carey from Tool. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know that's they, that's never ever science is science, religion is religion, mm-hmm. old world savage, new world logic. Right. These people don't do any sort of, you know, ancient Babylonian magical rituals to try to open portals to summon things. Apparently, uh, that was supposedly one of the things that happened at um the Manhattan Project when Oppenheimer supposedly split the, when they split the atom, I guess. They had opened a hole in the space-time continuum and some sort of well, demon or something came through. That's so. what used to happen at Puma Punku, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, according to, right. According to uh, ancient, you know, ancient aliens. <laughs> it, it, there, may be, there may be some sifting of truth to that, you know? I mean, well, there, there, a, they have to. Very odd, it is a very truth. odd structure. You know? No, no, there's, there's always a little bit of truth with the ancient aliens. Just, think, just enough truth. I think truth. specifically uh, Tiwanaku. Like the, like, I, I, I don't mean like all the scattered shit, Puma Punku. Who knows what the fuck happened there? Yeah. Uh, but Which like, one was Tiwanaku? Tiwanaku that, 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 that archway uh, is, is really odd. Which one is know? Tiwanaku? Uh, it's it's up. It's like downhill from where Puma Punku is. They they had to like unearth it. Oh, okay. It's, it's in the same spot. Okay, I know what you're talking yeah. about now. Yeah, yeah. Puma Punku, I would I would believe is somewhere where the gods came down. Puma Punku was a holy mountain, much in the same way that um, that God calls Zion his holy mountain. And of course, we have Mount Hermon, which is where the uh, the the watchers, the fallen angels, came down. We have uh, Mount Olympus as well. Um, basically any holy mountain across the, the entire world, this realm is where some weird stuff went down. Hmm. So Puma Punku, yeah, some weird genetic stuff probably went down there. Right on. And that's the thing with, with the fallen angels, with all of this across all mythologies is they all have this genetic mess up at some point. They all have some mythological being that messed with genetics or knowledge. Right. And, and it's now, not something that just these people back in the 1800s did. They're, you know, and now they're doing it at CERN and even Google. Yeah, that picture right there that you posted, Dogbot and Skype, that is, to me, that looks like a gateway, not for humans. That looks like a gateway built for something else. Oh yeah, that's a bit yeah the big door there, with the and the I don't mean that it. like humans can't fit through it because they probably can. Also, you just ruined it with that next picture. Uh, I, that was an accident. I had tapped on I I tapped on both of those things. You meant to you meant to screenshot something and you screenshotted what you were actually watching on the show. Yeah, I, I was not actually watching that, but there's something incredibly sus going on with this Twitch stream stuff. Uh, this I hate uh, you. hot hot this hot tub Twitch stream stuff. Uh, there's something very sus going on here. There's something very sus going on with the gateway too. <laughs> Dude, what? Why? Why? Uh, Johnny, do you, do you want me to to give away the the end a little bit? Just kind of give end spoilers. And and what? The end, like the end goal of this transhumanism, for a moment. 
Well, the end game of transhumanism is to just, you know, is to ha- to create the ascended human, right? Right. But the consequence is what I'm talking about. Okay. So, well, and, and I'm not going to give it all away. Okay. Because I know we can have, you know, another show on this. And I've already talked about it a little bit with Skull is we're changing the fundamental makeup of our DNA eventually. That's where all of this is heading. Oh, yeah. I'm not calling the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, it's not the mark of the beast, but it's a primer. Well, it's, yeah. All of it, this. And it does working. change your DNA. With the mRNA, it does the thing where it tells your DNA what to do. Right. But so. it's not a fundamental change. No, Transhumanism I, is giving up your status as a human. As humans. Right. As a human. Right. You are not eligible for salvation then. You're not eligible to be saved mm. by Jesus Christ. So you're, you're not, so you're not more human than human. No, you're less human. To bring it all the way back to the first hour, dog about way to go. Exactly, you're less human. Um, okay, so in in modern times, now I don't know. Originally, now you talk about the uh, the transhuman agenda. The groundwork was set up by uh, Lyle and Darwin, and um, Nietzsche, and who else? I mean, Lyle, Darwin, Nietzsche, I mean, uh, Nick Bistrom, uh, a lot of these guys. I.J. Good, that guy. Uh, Yeah, the the original three are the big ones. Right, imagine that, it's three. Imagine it's, wow, it's three guys. Hmm. The holy trinity of the... Uh, foundation of the official narrative of what we have here for Which transhumanism. Well, and don't forget, don't forget, like you know, a big now modern day transhumanism. We were, um, well, we said earlier Jeffrey Epstein, but I said Google. It wasn't just um, the other one, but uh, Ray Kurzweil from Google. Yeah, like the head of Google's engineering, Ray Kurzweil is basically, basically the modern day like prophet of uh, of transhumanism. And he's admitted, he's admitted a, you know, a transhumanist, uh, religious adherent. Mm-hmm. You know, it says uh, publicly, he'll say, I'm an agnostic, but he is part of the church of transhumanism. Um, Which is a real thing. Google's engineering. That's a real thing like, in the church of transhumanism. Yes, it is. I don't know if it's a 501, uh, 501-3C. Or whatever. But... Yeah. <laughs> But transhumanism also does have a corporation. Well, it does. And it's just, well, it started off, right? In the, uh, what was it, Cy- the cybernetics group? Yeah, the cybernetics group at, guess what? UCLA. Mm-hmm. They were a CIA front headed by uh. Norbert Wiener. Uh. He wrote a book. He wrote a book. Norbert Wiener wrote a book called God and Golem Incorporated. God and Golem Incorporated. Interesting. Written by a guy named Wiener. He compares the creation of AI. Thank you. I'm sorry? I was going to say, that's one name I forgot. Thank you for bringing him back up. Mm. Uh, He compares the creation of AI with the Kabbalistic legend of the Golem. A supposed living being created through magical means. Yeah. A Jewish magical. That's Kabbalistic. You know. So... 
And there you go. And uh, the whole I'll... idea of Kabbalah is ascending mm-hmm. to that truth. It's all that Promethean lie, like you brought up. Um, it's ascending to that fire, that truth. Yeah, right. Well, that was the whole thing with with Prometheus. Prometheus stole the fire. He stole the knowledge. He stole something else. He stole three things. Let's see, knowledge and light. That kind of sounds like Gnosticism to me, huh? Right. Interesting. I wonder if they're connected anywhere in any of this. Hmm. 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 Are the Jesuits involved too? Are they? Aren't they always involved? Well, yeah. Well, we're always finding out it's the Jesuits. Like, the Jesuits are behind the, the, you know, the church. And the Jews, yes, the Jews. The Jesuits are the Catholic Jews. So it's the Jews. Right? I mean, the Jesuits are the Jews? Yes. Okay. The Jesuits are conversos. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sir Ignatius of Loyola. Loyola. He was a converso. Yeah. We, we've done that part of it a couple of times. Yeah. So, okay, also, yeah. yes, Jesuits, uh, many, many Jesuits actually are part of both the Jesuit order and the transhumanism belief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Many of the sci-fi guys who are into transhumanism are Jesuit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. actually, oh, wait, what is this? Oh, of course. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to piss off some Catholics, Uh-oh. actually. Um, They'll well, live. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Thomas Aquinas. Um, he he was a, an ancient uh, Catholic Church theologian okay. and a known alchemist. But yeah, he he also wrote on the idea of ascension and basically the the origins of transhumanism. So I just want to toss that out there. So hmm. sorry, Catholics. Hmm. I've pissed off a lot of Catholics today on my channel and here. Good lord. <sighs> Yeah, what's your your hot take on halos? It, it's I I don't even hot think take it's a hot on take. what hot take on what halos? Yeah, I I posted something about how, oh the uh, halo thing yeah yeah oh, about how depictions of Jesus are are you know, I know they're basically Apollo or yeah. Nimrod with halos and everything and basically like well the picture of Jesus that your Catholic grandmother has in in her house is is most likely Nimrod so good job. Yeah, it's like the grandson of the Pope, or son of some Pope, and Nimrod's face. And, uh, there's that theory. Yeah. Well, you know, Nimrod, you know, was Osiris, Apollo, Mithras, whatever kind of dying. Yeah, I don't, yeah. You said something about the god of pestilence, yeah. and people were like, what? Which, which actually, Apollo is the god of pestilence. Apollo. I mean, you can read the freaking uh, the Iliad. Apollo is the one who brings apparently the plague upon the Greeks. Um, and Apollo is connected with ancient Babylonian Near Eastern gods, Nergal and Reshef. Um, so, yeah, my, my post about Christos Redentor with the uh, vaccine saves picture is, I'm pretty sure it's one of the, the greatest things out there. I'm just going to toot my own horn. But even that with the what? comes into transhumanism. The vaccine saves? Yes. Did you not see that picture? Well, with the vaccine tattoo? No, it's no, it's it's the the Cristo Redentor statue above Rio de Janeiro, and it has oh right vaccine saved. Yeah, but isn't that a projected. new statue though? Didn't they put up a new statue? It's not the actual Christ of Brazil. Oh, I don't know, but that one was projected upon the actual statue. Oh, okay, okay. I thought they put up. Never mind. Okay, 
So they projected they that. They projected the that. Was projected on the big okay, one. they projected that onto the statue. Okay, now I get what you're saying. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, vaccine saves. That's projected upon the god of pestilence with a sickly green glow on the hmm. picture. Funny enough. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess. But all of that, like I said, that goes into the transhumanism because we know there's something wrong with us. And we see this religion of the vaccine of COVID. And we're going to talk about this on another episode. Um, I know we've got some fun guests that are going to come on for that for that stuff. Um, but it it really is a religion, just like transhumanism, isn't it? Yes, all the COVID stuff. I mean, it's turned into a religion. You know, there's people, but who... it's a religion based around changing our DNA, around ascending yeah. to something better, I... because we know something is wrong. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's based around having antibodies or something, right? Well, it's based around will to power, mm. the Ubermensch, mm. the Superman. I guess. I mean, I guess if you have the vaccine, you're the Ubermensch. Well, they're creating, like I said uh, the other night, they're creating the false binary. This uh, this Ubermensch versus non-Ubermensch, this vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. You know, the homo deus, the god-man, which is what transhumanists believe their endpoint is, is post-humanism. That's why I say you're not you're not eligible for salvation anymore, because you're going to be post-human. You're going to be homo deus, not homo sapien. That right there is the dichotomy. You have homo deus and you have homo sapien. Which one is going to be saved from the destruction, which won't be by fire, or won't be by water this time, but by fire? I mean, <laughs> which one's going to die? Hmm. The one who ascends to be like God. Well, yeah. And I'm not saying that even as a Christian. I'm just saying the one who believes they can ascend to be like a god. Mm -hmm. No, that that right there is just, it's arrogance. It's it's such an arrogance that permeates. Yeah, but not everybody, I guess not everybody in the transhumanist movement believes that they're going to rise up to to be gods or whatever. Like Kurzweil, uh, Kurzweil thinks everybody's just going to merge with machines. Yeah, that's that, that. That's always what my assumption of the whole transhuman agenda was: is leading towards a, uh, not necessarily the singularity per se, but that they that uh, you will be able to cheat death through technology. Yeah, you can but, upload your. So you will seek death, but death will flee from you. Basically. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess you can look at it like that, where you can like upload uh-huh. your consciousness to something and download it into something else and continue to live. I guess. Or what were you going for, Doc? About? I'm sorry, I probably just derailed you. Uh, it, no, it's not that you derailed me. It, it, you've seen the trope a lot of times in science fiction. One of the one of the one of the worst science fiction movies of the early '90s, but ironically, one of my favorite ones was this movie called Free Jack. And, and 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 give me give me a little second here to explain the premise. Uh, Emilio Estevez is a race car driver, and he's a badass race car driver. But for one reason, for no reason at all, his car wrecks. But as his car wrecks, his body goes through a time gate, and his his body gets thrown into the future, where he gets abducted, 
right? And he's going to have he's he's uh he's he's about to be put under like medical blah 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 blah, right? But he escapes and it's just like a near future and everything sucks, right? And he's being hunted down by Mick Jagger, who's a bounty hunter because they're, they're like he's become a free jack because oh my god, he came conscious and he's he's alive. Well, uh him and his old girl, his his girlfriend, who's now like old, uh, he, they they find out who really like brought him to the future. And it's Anthony Hopkins, but Anthony Hopkins is not real anymore. Everybody thought he was real, but he's been dead for a while. He's computer image, and he wants to download his Anthony Hopkins computer brain into Emilio Estevez's fresh hot body. But that didn't happen. I just spoiled the movie. You but, lost me at Emilio Estevez. Yeah, I, fresh hot dude, I, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people got lost along the way before that. Um, I'm just saying. It, yeah, that's, it's it's that's okay. What I so think it's of with transhumanism, or, or I think of Lawnmower Man, where he's like but, he's but, in virtual reality and right, he but like DB, godhood. And, DB, and like DB, what? these people are going to be like okay, so it's a lot like Altered Carbon. It's a lot. Well, no, like, it's a lot like wait, Johnny wait, Mnemonic. What, what's like altered carbon? Altered carbon is where you upload and download like yourself. You know your consciousness. It's but the new. It's the newer right. Netflix version of the thing. J- Johnny Mnemonic. Jo- Johnny Mnemonic is still nineties. Uh, yes, and yes. it was nothing like the. It was nothing like the Philip K. Dick short story Dude. because there was no Dolph yeah. Lundgren. Uh, no. Super. No. Like uh, super cyborg uh, Christian monk. Who's going around killing people? <laughs> no, do, there I, wasn't. do I get no points at all for bringing up Johnny Mnemonic? No, I mean no. Wow. Your brother, really. your brother probably sent you a text. Yeah. No, that was actually one of the like first rated R movies I ever saw. Ooh. Oh my gosh, little little Reinhardt sitting there eating popcorn, watching Johnny Mnemonic is a pretty funny image. That right was now. the first movie I ever saw that said "fuck." <laughs> huh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anyways, but but I mean the no those the are the movies of, yeah those are the, the movies that you would think of okay um, but Free but Jack. then you also you got to remember that like transhumanism you know in movies is also uh, you know Terminator right that's definitely transhumanism like cyborgs and that kind of stuff when most people think of transhumanism that's what they think of they think of you know uh, AI and superhuman intelligence and uh, having like what was it uh, back in the in the seventies? The first sort of big thing on TV was the Six Million Dollar Man, right? Well, it's, it's cape shit, or the Million Dollar Man. Was it what the they six want. Was it the Six Million Dollar Man, or is that just do we meme that to be that's what it is yeah, now? I think it's the Million Dollar Man. Okay. No, I don't know. No, it's, it's six million. It six is million six million, right? Was it? Okay. Yeah. All right. No, it's six but it's, million. Bye. I mean, do you guys agree that it's it's cape shit? It's cape shit gone. R- oh way, yeah, way, cape way shit. Off. Well, yeah. Well, the oh, thing is, yeah, six million dollar man was like seventies uh, cape shit, uh, basically because like they were trying to f- they were trying to figure out ways to do kind of comic book uh, TV series and just mm-hmm. didn't really pan out too well. Yeah, well, what I'm saying yeah. when it comes to when it comes to cape shit is you know they they've created this society of not only people who want like medical enhancements but they want people it it's a society where people want more than ever to be a superhero they want the super strength they want the immortality the physical immortality um they want these physical enhancements 
I mean, they've gotten all sides of it. They've got the medical, they've got the nerds, they've got the, the basic man who just wants to be better in the Jewish occult idea to bring it all back around. Um, all right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> did, I, did I just kill it? No, no. No, you're oh, no, we're all no, here. We're I, here. I, yeah. I, I agree. I just, yeah. It's, I'm sorry. I just killed the conversation. <laughs> no, you, you, you guys really need to see Mick Jagger in this fucking bounty hunter outfit. No, I've seen Free Jack. Fly. I remember seeing it. Is, is you know really. Dude, is I like, remember. I remember seeing Free Jack on like HBO when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, it's not. All right. Yeah. I'm, you I'm weren't a up. kid when it came out, dude. You weren't a kid. You were 50. No, he was. He was. He I was, was in like high school. Like no, wait, 19 or 20. What, when, came when, out. Did, when did Free Jack come out? Legit. When did Free Jack come out? It came out like 1993. Oh, 93? Okay. Yeah, I was. 92. All right. I was a teenager. Okay. All right. This outfit's pretty awesome. I kind of want that jacket. All right, post that post that in the chat real quick. Yeah, this is this is pretty legit, not gonna lie. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and play Cyberpunk on my on my computer. Oh no, well yeah, and speaking of Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk absolutely is um is transhumanist. Oh, yes, that outfit, that's a great outfit. One hundred percent. Yeah. Dude. One hundred percent. Like I've that's almost so- as good as the Kurgan and uh, and fucking and and Highlander. Like that's all. It's almost that good. I love how he's wearing that, but he's holding a revolver. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, like it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that don't really add up. Well, well no, like you said, it's a, well <laughs> series Dogbot. Like you kind of s- melds the two. Like you said, it's only a recent future, so weapons haven't evolved that far. <laughs> Some of the like weapons. De- no, I saw this movie. Some of the weapons are um, are a little more evolved, but he preferred. I remember something about him. He preferred something about the revolver. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Which I mean, that's why the revolver has always been kind of a, a concept in like futuristic stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody loves that idea of like the six shooter. You know, the cowboy. Right. Right. The, the well, it's the Clint Eastwood. You know, you gotta ask yourself, punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I use that in my cyberpunk playthrough, actually, Um, which, yes, shows an America, which I think is incredible because this thing, this game went beyond meta. Not only do they have a video game world where, you know, the corporations rule everything Mm -hmm. and your character is intrinsically transhuman, posthuman and affected by it, your character eventually will die from it. But the actual game studio is ruled by the corporation, and the corporation is completely coming down on you when you bought the game. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is going to understand that. Our some listeners probably will. Probably but, not me. Yeah. Please don't start talking about Sword Art Online. That is one of my favorite animes and manga. Okay, we're not of all talking time, about. I'm not going to talk about. Let's it. not nope. do anime. Nope. Um, not doing it. But okay, so back to back to the 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 fact that Cybernetics Group. Uh, the CIA front, Norbert Wiener, you know, these, these founders of basically uh, what became the transhumanist movement. Uh, the cybernetics group also, you know, you know, uh, MK ultra came out of there. 
you know, these, so these people that are into transhumanism are also into like mind control and other, other projects. So this is the CIA. This is, uh, you know, your tax dollars at work. <laughs> transhumanist agenda in the CIA. Yeah, seems okay to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the CIA created basically the hippie movement, right? Well, they created the cyberpunk movement. They did. Yeah. They created say, all of this. That was a really weird Billy Idol album. What? Cyberpunk or? Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's what he called it. Oh. Like, it was at the very tail end of his popularity. Right, but... Like it was, okay, it was I like, only, I, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was like he was trying to capitalize on something. I saw him right? working and out it, at the gym once, Billy Idol. I saw him at the gym where I used to work out when I lived in San Jose, California. He is a very tiny, tiny, tiny little old woman. Maybe he is. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty I mean, he sure could be, he could be stepping into another body. Yeah, probably. His husband is dying. They um, pushed that. The early '90s was all about pushing cyberpunk stuff mm-hmm. yeah, well, of course it was, it was. yeah that was uh, when they like were old pen and paper rpg like shadow run you know the the old like cyberpunk uh what is it anarcho-capitalism gone wrong kind of world that was huge in yeah. the 90s car wars that kind of stuff all that uh all that mel gibson and uh mad max stuff yeah yep ah uh, mad max yeah but i mean okay so Back to the CIA and transhumanist. I mean, also out of, you know, the CIA movements, you know, people like Allen Ginsberg and William S. Burroughs and the rest of the hippie culture. And then you got, you know, the Laurel Canyon gang. And all them, like, ended up, ended up in all these art movements that ended up becoming transhumanist cyberpunk people. <laughs> Andy Modern Warhol art. and... Trying- and and all those the New York Underground, and yeah. CIA, MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the punk movement is part of the CIA. It was created by the CIA. Excuse me. Yeah, and all I got out of it was you know crappy liberal metalcore. <laughs> right. I'm but, pissed. Yeah. So I mean, are we just doing just the the just like the roots of? transhumanism and stuff tonight right? yeah that's yeah. i mean that's all i've got for right now um i don't want to give too much of the game away because we've got at least two episodes that we can do on the present day yeah. effects of transhumanism and the the corruption that we see presently um but right now what i wanted to talk about was the the basis of all of this and the basis of what is going to be the new religion that's going to be the new religion. It's going to be the um, the predecessor for you know the alien deception mm-hmm. for all of it. Project Blue Beam, um, <laughs> the the end times. That's what it is. The days of Noah. To me, transhumanism, posthumanism, is the mark of the beast. That's mm. what it is because you're becoming something other than human. So, yeah. That's that's kind of where I'll leave it, for myself at least. I'm I'm I've got nothing else for right now. Well, I mean, I think that was a pretty decent intro to transhumanism. Laid the groundwork. 
Yes. Yeah. There's that's, a lot more. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, there's a lot more to it. I mean, you got guys like we said. There's people, all kinds of people that you know and you've seen, you know, all over TV are all into transhumanism. Bill Gates, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, Ray Kurzweil, um, <laughs> Bill Nye, and and Neil Snake into grass, uh, Tyson Chicken. Is that what you call them? They're all they're all transhumanists. It's all they're all this trend into this transhumanist agenda. So they're going to achieve the singularity through this ancient Luciferian. I don't know. Don't forget CERN. Ritual and so yeah, don't forget CERN. Yeah, don't forget CERN opening you up, know. opening up holes to portals and other dimensions. And you know, sacrificing people in front of the sacrificing virgins right. in front of the you know Shiva statue. Right. And just calling it a, a fraternity prank. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, one of the guys, uh, you guys know who Marshall McLuhan is? I've heard the name. Yeah, he said, well, this is what he said. Uh, he said, electric information environments being utterly ethereal foster the illusion of the world as a spiritual substance. It is now a reasonable facsimile of the mystical body of Christ. A blatant manifestation of the Antichrist. After all, the prince of this world is a very great electric engineer. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Artificer. Metal worker. Yeah. That kind of explains the Luciferian aspect of yeah. all this. Yeah. Every, Somebody who, every day I commute, up. every day I commute, I feel like I am energy going down a circuit to another to another relay or another resistor or another capacitor, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it, it, I'm like, you know, am, am I really just the, like the energy that keeps some kind of thing flowing is, 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 is the realm really one giant, uh, transmutation circle, like, like on, a like the country of a mistress was on full metal yeah. alchemist, <laughs> you know, I, Will I you guys like stop with the like anime really references that I'm not getting ever, please? Johnny, Johnny, you have to at least look up the synopsis because it is what is happening. That's why we bring it up. All right, all right, all right. I'll so at least right, look at the synopsis. Or look at the one Bjork, uh, Bjork video where she's looking at the inside of a TV and she's pointing at the circuits and everything. And she's like, it's like a little city in there. Yes, she's all not wrong. All you have wrong. to do is open a circuit for yourself. Yeah, just right, open a circuit I, and look. I was I always thought that was really precious the way that she made that observation. Yeah, Bjork was always always really kind of cute. Uh, I mean, why why are women? Right, you know? that is why women. All right, why, why finish women? Ugh. All right, stop, stop. Why are we're, women? We're gonna stop. We're gonna get out of here. We're already like two hours and fifteen minutes into the episode. Yes, transhumanism is uh, the end game of, and posthumanism is the end game of transhumanism. This is where we're at right now working our way towards it. Um, we'll have some more in this series in a couple of weeks. We've got some awesome guests coming up for you. Dude. We have some more Nationalist Inquirer coming up for you, as usual. Um, at the end of this episode, we will have a creepypasta. Do not forget to check out our new T-shirt, our Honkler design T-shirt. Um, that shirt is great. Um, they have not arrived yet. I have not sent the hats because I have not gotten the shirts. I'm going to send everything all together. That way I don't got to go to the post office twice. (laughs) 
That's why you guys haven't gotten the hats. Oh, so we can't have two phone calls. All right, fine. What? Well, we always call each other when we're going to the post office or the hospital. Oh, well. All right, make it sound really gay, Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was... Wow, dude, you make it sound really gay. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like a phone date, bro. Someone what the needs fuck? to get over to the shoe and leather pavilion. Yeah. Maybe somebody hey, spent hey, too much time at the I'm shoe and leather pavilion after hours. Of sense right. off of that. But listen, check out dissidentapparel.com and check out our shirts. Buy our shirts. Uh, we also are on Telegram. That is uh, t.me slash the paranormies present. Everybody here has their own channel too. Go ahead, guys. Uh, yeah, get inside the chupacabra kennel t.me slash chupacabra underscore kennel rants memes etc etc yeah and i've got uh t.me slash nephilim hour um basically i talk about what we discussed on the show and uh and a lot of esoteric ancient history things so uh let's have fun and uh, argue please uh there's also jack's internal shit posts and, and T.me slash Necronormicon. Yes. Yep. For uh, Jack's readings of excellent literature. Don't forget to comment on the episodes on Paranormies.com. Don't yeah. forget to comment on the episodes on Paranormies.com. Don't forget to leave your comments and your suggestions, your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, your butt hurts on the comment section of Paranormies.com. You know yes. what talk about? I think you forgot that people can leave comments at theparanormies.com. I'm pretty sure I mentioned something about leaving comments on paranormies.com. Wow. Is it the but I think I, or just paranormies? It's, it's paranormies.com. Just paranormies. It's just paranormies.com. Oh, that's right. That's where You're, people can leave comments. Right. Okay. Dude, I, stop it. You're making me have an aneurysm. <laughs> I, uh, stop. Yes. People can leave comments on the website. It's great. Yes, you, sh- you people should do that, though. It'd be, it'd be great. We can interact that way and leave comments there. You don't have to. And if, I know a lot of people want to comment on the show, and they don't because they can't on TRS unless you're a paywall subscriber. Unless you want to subscribe to TRS just so you can comment. That's cool, too. Yeah. You know. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Like, seriously. Seriously, do that. But if, like, instead of getting the free jab, you can get... You can leave comments for free right. on Paranormies.com. And we may, if we get enough good comments, we may actually do like a comment slash email episode. Yeah. But that's only if the comments are good. I mean, you know, the, and just, where can you find the comment section? At Paranormies.com. That's where you can find the comments. Dude, this is exactly like, it's bothering me right now. This is the Ellen DeGeneres P. Sherman 32 all be way. Sydney. <laughs> Right now, okay? This is what's going on, and it's bothering me. It's going to be in my head yeah. all night long. It's bothering me right now. I'm dying. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. That's what happens when you have kids. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Jack's got a little story to read to us. This is Creepypasta, and we're going to... We're leaving. Yes. All right. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. He sat there hunched at the table numbly staring at the divorce papers. How could she do this? After everything they've been through together, he angrily tossed the documents aside, watched them join the eviction notice and unemployment forms on the hardwood floor. The seething anger began to shift towards bubbling self-loathing. In an explosion of motion, 
He stood up, flinging his chair across the room. The next few minutes were a blur, and he found himself on his knees, surrounded by the broken, torn, and cracked remnants of a happy life. His breath flared through his nostrils. He felt the cough coming, tried to hold it in, knew he wouldn't be able to. Sure enough, he began hacking up a storm into his palms. He looked at his hands, at the red blood glistening in them, felt the tears coming. He rubbed his smooth scalp and cursed it all. The disease, his wife, his former boss, everything. His life was in shambles. His only consolation was that this was rock bottom. He wiped his mouth and was rewarded with a crimson stain on his sleeve. After all these months, something finally snapped. Like a man possessed, he unlocked the safe and pulled out his shotgun. Tears carving a river down his cheeks, he pushed the cold barrel into his mouth. If he knew how much worse things were about to get, he never would have pulled that trigger.